word. Let's welcome him. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you. There's lots of empty seats up in the front. You can come up if you want. I feel like you're so far behind. It's good to be with you. Uh, we got to know, again, Pastor in 2018. Actually, we know his mom and dad. We spent a lot of time with his mom and dad in the last few years. And, and um, you know, we uh, actually had dinner with his mom last night. So uh, they've become great friends. And, um, you know, you have a great history as a church. Do you know that? You, you know, when I hear of Church of the Good Shepherd, I hear amazing things of what God has done through your whole legacy. And, uh, you know, the best is yet to come. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Come on, the best is yet to come, church. God has great things that he wants to do in and through your life. And uh, I really do believe that, that the best is yet to come for your church. The best is yet to come for, for Singapore, that God still is using Singapore and will continue to use Singapore. And as you uh, celebrate your national holiday, this is the first time we actually get to celebrate in Singapore. Now, I've been to Singapore 23 times since October of 2016. So I feel like this is my home, actually. I, we love Singapore. And uh, we actually, my wife and I, get to celebrate our anniversary in Singapore. We've been married, we'll, we'll be married 37 years. So 37 years she's put up with me. That's amazing. If you have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and I want to just share a thought with you. I wrote a book called Say Yes to God, and uh, I I have this uh, thought, and it was say yes to God's best, and so I'd like to share some thoughts with you from the scriptures this morning, very simple, and uh, I, I hope it will bless your heart. You know that God has always... He always has a better plan than anything you and I could come up with. He always has a better plan. And he desires that you and I walk in that plan and fulfill his purpose and his will for our lives. He regularly calls us to a higher way of thinking, a higher way of of living, a higher way of processing our life in God. We're not to live in just kind of this life of, uh, you know, human existence, but we are spiritual beings. We are people of the Spirit, and God wants us to access His Spirit, live in His Spirit, walk in His Spirit, and be led by His Spirit. And so God wants all of us to be filled with his spirit so that we understand and know his will. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, uh, to uh, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is the message version. I'll read it in a minute. Just give me a second. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the old King James says it. This way, it says beseech. And what that word means, it means to call one to a side, to to one side. And actually, it's to what we've been talking about all weekend. It's to exhort. It's to 
put into the mind something that's going to be important. So Paul has talked about the mercies of God in the first 11 uh, chapters. He's talked about how God saved us and justified us and called us and how he set us apart. All the things that Paul doctrinally has spoken to the Roman church. But now he's saying, now I want to take the doctrinal stuff that I've just spoken, and now I'm going to apply it to your life. So he says, you need to come close, and you need to hear what I'm about to say. And so when he says beseech, he's saying, hey, church, this is a time to wake up just for a second and listen to what I'm going to say. Now, the old King James says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, let's go to the message version, and let's just read that. Uh, This is the message. This is how it says it. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Let me stop right there and say, you and I can do nothing without God's help. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Listen, we can't live our life just kind of existing. We need God's help. And, and we need him to walk with us and talk with us and, and help us and guide us and give us direction for the, the decisions that we're making in our life. He says this. This is what I, want, what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Sleep. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, Developed well, develops well-formed maturity in you. How many know God's looking to mature us? Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we just touch on your word this morning, we pray you'd speak to our hearts. You'd encourage us with your word. Thank you for this great church. Thank you for Pastor John and Karen. We just pray your blessing on them. Continue to prosper the work of their hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Paul says a couple things. I'm going to take it from the message. First thing is place everything you have and do before the Lord. The Christian life has always been about being all in. When I got saved, I was 17. I was a messed up kid doing lots of drugs. And, and uh, when I got saved, I was all in. I mean, I got saved. I stopped smoking, stopped drinking. I stopped running around. I stopped messing around. And I mean, literally, I was all in with God. God saved me. He changed me. He transformed me. And I was all in. And I'm still looking to be all in. I'm still asking the Lord every day. The Lord will ask me, Gary, I want you to surrender that. I want you to surrender that. And it's a challenge. Letting him change you into his image requires surrender. Come on, would you say surrender with me? Just so I know you're there. Listen, God can do more with your life than you can ever think or imagine. And being spiritual is not a lesson. It's not singing a song or being in a particular place, but it's a vibrant, living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lord. He's the one we surrender to. And so here's the question. 
what's yours and what's God's? Like, what has God asked you to surrender? What are maybe you keeping that you need to surrender to the Lord? Now, let me tell you a story. In, in uh, two, 2015, I had just come back from Cambodia. It was the first time I'd been to Asia. And, uh, and I was in Cambodia, came back. It was December uh, 2014. No, 2015, pardon me. On New Year's Eve, and we have a New Year's Eve service, and our pastor was preaching on vision. That's what pastors do at the beginning of, at the end of the year, they preach on vision for the next year. And so he was preaching on vision. But in the middle of his message, he said, uh, what is, what are you saying yes to? That's the, that's the question he asked. What are you saying yes to? And at that moment, it was like nothing, I heard nothing else that he said. The Holy Spirit said, Gary, will you say yes to wherever I send you. Now, you have to understand something. I'm British. I was born in England. Matt is a British guy. I was born in England, and the only spices my mother used were salt and pepper. That was it. Okay, you're getting my drift here, okay? So I was a meat and potato boy. I was a very picky eater. I, I didn't like, I, my wife struggled with me to eat anything with any form of spice because I like my mouth not on fire. So when God said to me, will you go wherever I send you? That was a big challenge for me because I thought that he was going to start sending me to Asia. And Asians like spicy food. We had some friends come from uh, Singapore, and uh, I was making them eggs one morning. They were staying in our house, made some eggs, and I put the eggs in front of them, and, and the brother said, excuse me for a second, ran upstairs, brought his own hot sauce downstairs. <laughs> so when I said yes to the Lord, I said, yes, Lord, I'll go wherever you send me. About a half hour later, a, a friend texted me and said, hey, I really believe Asia is going to open up to your ministry. And what he didn't realize was the next year, I was coming to Asia five times. I was going to Japan twice, Cambodia, Laos, and then I was coming to this great nation called Singapore. And when we landed in Singapore, we met the couple that we were staying at their house, and at the end of eight days, they gave me a set of keys. And they said, we believe Asia is going to open up to your ministry, and so now you can have our apartment. You can stay here as often as you want. You can come as often as you want. And today, we just renewed our, our, last night, we renewed our lease again and said, we're keeping our keys. Now, I've come 23 times just to Singapore. I've gone all over Asia. We spend 80% of our ministry with the Chinese-speaking church all over the world, and I eat a lot of spicy food. Now, not like Matt does, but I eat some food that I never thought. But when you say yes to God, God will always require a level of surrender. Would you say level of surrender? You see, what are you willing to give the Lord? What have you been holding back from God? What is the Lord asking from you in your life? I know what he's asking of me. I know the things that he's challenged me on. And so when Paul is saying this, he's saying a part of the believer's life is a life of 
giving all. You're, you're walking around your everyday life. You're sleeping. You're eating. And you're, you're, you're walking around life. Give it to the Lord. The second thing he says, and uh, I'll take it from this, is, is that we need to choose to be an influencer rather than being influenced. Listen to what he says. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. The J.B. Phillips version, he says this. He says, with eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity. You know, there's a cultural battle going on for our faith. There's a cultural battle attacking our faith. And so the word don't become well don't become so well adjusted means this to be successfully altered or moved so as to achieve a desired fit or appearance and result. In other words, don't become so like the world that they don't even know you're Christian. That that a Christian, an unbeliever would look at you and say, "What makes you different than me?" Don't become so well-adjusted. Don't, don't let the world co- so, so come in your mind that you don't have the mind of Christ. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying the world doesn't want you and I to be different. There's an incredible squeeze taking place. Now, God bless Singapore. I know that God's grace is on your nation and great things are happening and the church is an amazing place. But where I come from, North America, the world has squeezed the church. The world has infected the church and its thinking and its mindsets and its beliefs. And so don't let the culture intoxicate or mold you with its pleasures. It's really what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, you've had such, the mercies of God have come on your life. You have been saved from so much. You were desperate. You were, you were lost, as we sang this morning, but Jesus broke through. We speak Jesus into our situation. He's saying, don't let the world conform you. Don't let the world, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, it says, don't, he says this, don't be drunk with wine. And we're not talking about wine this morning because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The actual Greek tense is be being filled. You know why? Because we leak. Our life gets beaten up. Sometimes, you know, the world roughs us up and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I like to say it this way. You're going to be intoxicated by something. Why not be filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit in your life? Where, where everybody understands, man, this guy, there's something different. You could be filled with greed, lust, amb- ambition, anger, or a quest for power or fame. Or you can be filled with faith, hope expectation, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of love. Come on, church. Can I hear an amen this morning? You see, we're exhorted to be filled with the Spirit. 
If we're going to be filled with the Spirit, we need to give something up. There's something filling our life. And so that's why Paul says surrender. Come on, surrender. Often think about this movie I watch. It's a chick flick. I'm not proud of that, man, but it's a movie I like to watch. It's called um, What a Girl Wants. And it's a story of a young girl who her mother and father got together a long time ago, and he's a British lord, and they... um, they basically kick the girl out of the country, and uh, she's pregnant, and they, they got married, but she's pregnant, and so they're separated, and this young girl grows up in, the, in America, and she's longing. She wants to see her dad, and so she makes a trek. Has anybody seen this? No man wants to put his hand up. Okay, so... The story goes where the girl is, she goes over to England, and he's trying to become the next prime minister, and, uh, and so we're, we're kind of walking through this story, and um, she's this kind of wild American, and eventually the, 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 it's creating problems for the father's campaign, so the, the father uh, has this conversation with her, you know, you kind of need to smarten up, and so then she starts dressing like a British girl, and she's all stayed, and and, uh, you know, she's just kind of, you know, just British, right, Matt? British, you know, she's just really proper and prim. And, but she's met this guy. And so they go out for a, a, a date. And he says this. It's one of my favorite lines of the movie. He says to her, why are you trying to fit in when you were born to stand out? Why are you trying to fit in when you were born to stand out? What's going to make you stand out is your ability to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to let the Holy Spirit come so in your life that God is upon your life. Church, will you choose to be different? Will you choose to not let the world conform you to its image? But in a life of surrender, you will give your heart, your life, your, your family to the kingdom of God. And you will surrender your desires and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You see, Daniel in the Bible was a young man when he was uh, taken into captivity. The culture of that day tried to influence him. They put him in education. They, uh, they cut his hair. They gave him a new name. They, uh, they uh, required him to eat the delicacies of the king and drink the, 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 the wine that was mixed in pagan rituals and all this kind of stuff. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, that Daniel determined in his heart not to defile himself. And at the end of Daniel chapter 1, we have this thought. It says this, after the king examined Daniel and his friends, the three guys, you know, the three guys that were thrown into the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, when the king examined them after three years, it was a a, a real conditioning, trying to get them to think and act like the, the culture of the land. The Bible said this, that Daniel and his friends were gifted in abilities, spiritual gifts, and it says they were ten times better. Ten times better than everybody else in the land. And that God gave them legacy. 
Daniel actually had a ministry of 70 years to multiple kings in his day. Church, let that be said about us. Come on, that we're 10 times better, right? Come on, I know Singaporeans are already 10 times better, but let 20 times better, come on, right? Like, honestly, let's, let's believe that God would cause us to be so strong in our faith that we wouldn't let the enemy discourage us. We wouldn't let the enemy uh, get into our thinking and the way, the way the world is living. And we would stand and say, I'm not going to let my heart be defiled by the things of the world, but I'm going to serve God. I'm going to stand and be righteous. I'm going to show what it means to be a man and a woman of God. Come on, can I hear an Amen. Is that your heart this morning? God wants to do it. Now, the third thing Paul says, he says, fix your attention on God. once Once you surrender your life, once you say, Lord, all I have is yours. And, and then you determine, I'm not going to be conformed to this world, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm going to let my mind, the word of God and the Holy Spirit begin to pour over my mind and pour over my heart. And that's going to be the thing that will direct me. That's going to be the thing. He says, fix your attention on God. And he says this, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. So here's a few things. Number one, allow the internal work of the Holy Spirit to have his way in your heart. You know, it's so easy to focus on the outward. And what Paul's saying is, hey, focus on the inward. Let God come in. Let God change you. Let God uh, minister to you. Don't focus on the outward acts as much as the inward attitudes and heart. Transformation happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to do his work internally, that eventually it will manifest in our lives, in the outward. Second thing he says is recognize, readily recognize what God wants. I found in my life, as we taught in the, in the seminar this weekend, that there are many times where the Holy Spirit will nudge me He'll, he'll speak to me. One of the words we talked about, about intercession in the Bible, it means a chance upon encounter. It's like sometimes God's thoughts or God's impression just kind of comes. And if we, don't, if, we don't mi- if we don't listen, we can miss it. But when we, when we listen readily to what God wants to do, amazing things begin to happen. I was in the nation of Laos in 2015. Pardon me, 2016. And uh, I was sitting at my hotel and there was a, a young lady a few tables over, and she must have been having a bad morning because as she was eating, she was kind of groaning and growling. She was like, <laughs> and so I kind of looked at her, and, and immediately I felt like the Holy Spirit say uh, some things about her. I, I really asked Holy Spirit, what's her deal? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me about what was in her life. And so, you know, Laos is a very small nation, and the city is very tiny in, in Vietnam. So I, I thought, I'm not going to bother her right now. She might throw her cereal at me, so we'll give her some time. But I'd see her during the, during the day, and I did. I saw her a couple times during the day, but we didn't get a chance to talk. Well, at the end of the night, our missionaries dropped us off, and we went down to the Mekong River, and they have these markets, and um, they, they sell Gucci bags there. Uh, authentic Gucci bags. And so I happened to see one for $15. It was awesome. And I kind of bartered and got it for 10 It was amazing. Now, it did say Gauchi on it, but that's okay. 
It's like this week I bought, I was in Vietnam, and I bought a Tumi bag. Uh, it said Tummy on it, but that's okay. Uh, it looks authentic. Pak Chi and I got one, right? Pak Chi and... And uh, you'd never know that it wasn't authentic. But anyways, I'm, I got this bag, and I happened to see the girl. So I said to the guy I was with, his name's Jason, I said, Jason, go stop her for a sec. So Jason uh, asked her to stop, and I walk over to her, got my Gucci bag, 10 bucks. It's awesome for my wife. It was her anniversary gift. I spend big. And so, um, and so I, I get this bag, and uh, I said, hey, how you doing? My name's Gary. And she goes, oh, I'm Lindsay. I said, Lindsay, you know, sometimes I'm a pastor. Sometimes God speaks to me. And I said, uh, would you like to know what God thinks? And she just kind of looked at me. Uh, yeah, I get that look a lot. And so I said, well, Lindsay, the first thing God told me is that he really loves you. And I said, and the second thing he told me was, you're running from your, your pain. And in the middle of this market, she start, put her head on my shoulder and started crying. Now, it was kind of awkward because she was getting tears on my Gucci bag. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, kind of talking to her, consoling her, telling her that God loves her, that God wants, she doesn't have to run from her pain, that God wants to heal her pain. And we just ministered to her and, and we prayed with her and, and just said, you know, go back to your room and open your heart to Jesus. He loves you. And we just said a word of prayer and she went on. I wiped off the tears off my Gucci bag. My wife never knew until this moment that it was real. Okay. Well, here's the, here's the amazing thing about Lindsay. So I'm from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Does anybody know where Hamilton is? Okay, yeah, the front row, of course. <laughs> you know, Nobody, when I ask this question, nobody knows where I'm from. But I'm from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Jason, who was with me, was originally from Hamilton, but he is in, was in Cambodia. So he was from Cambodia. So two guys come to a communist nation where there's no, there's only three churches in the nation. You can't preach the gospel. He brought Lindsay, who was from San Francisco. He brought three people into a nation so that he could tell this girl that he loved her. Paul says, readily recognize what God wants to do. Respond to God. I love Wayne Codera. He said this, and I'll finish. He said, there's a frequency that your life was designed to be tuned to. And that frequency is the unique voice of God. What will distinguish God's people from others will be hearing and heeding the whisper of his voice from above. Now, Paul says one last thing. He says, quickly respond. I found that when I respond to the Holy Spirit, change and adventure begins to happen in my life. God begins to do miracles when I respond to his voice. So this morning, church, as we read the scripture, I want to encourage you with these three things. Number one, what's yours and what's God's? Give everything. You're walking around, you're eating day. When you go out to lunch today, surrender it to the Lord. Lord, I give you this lunch. I give you this time. The Lord, be fruitful in our conversations. Lord, if, is there something that, is there somewhere where you're working that maybe I can minister to somebody? And then let's be influencers rather than be influenced. And then lastly, let's respond to God. Let's fix our attention on God.
because he wants to work in our life. Can I hear an amen? amen? Let's pray. Father, this morning, we want to hear your voice. We want to respond to you. And Lord, we want to surrender to you. And so, God, I'm asking today, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to every person. You know where they're at. You know the conditions of their life. You know where maybe they're being influenced that they need to not be influenced in. Lord, you know where they need to respond to you, where maybe they need to surrender. And so this morning we ask, Holy Spirit, go and just speak to us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you guys watching online, I always like to ask this question. If you're here today... And you would say, you know what, there's an area of my life where maybe I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. Or I've never, uh, there's maybe an area in my life where I need to surrender the, the, the Holy Spirit's uh, intimated to me today. If that's you, just put up your hand. No one's looking around. I just want to ask you to just thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. God wants to help you and So, church, would you just say this prayer with me? Lord, I surrender all. All that I am, all that I have, all that I will do. I surrender it to you. I give you first place in everything I do, in everything I say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Pastor John. Hallelujah. Was that a good word? Amen. Let's... uh